So I don't think I've laughed more during an interview than with my guest today. I first got to know Nick Bueno through the game of basketball. And over the years, I've grown to admire the courage that he has to speak his mind. He does this through many mediums. He does stand-up comedy. Uh, he has hosted podcasts in the past. And now with his new project, The Bueno Report, which is a six to eight minute uh, news type monologue that just, if you haven't checked it out, YouTube The Bueno Report. I really enjoy the conversation with Nick, often because he puts out opinions or at least asks the questions that I think a lot of people ask, but maybe just too scared, for lack of a better word, to, to put out there. And I've, I make sure I let him know that I find it very courageous what he's doing. One thing to note about this interview is I wanted Nick to be his true authentic self with it. And with that comes a little bit of strong language, um, some subject matter that may not usually be in one of these things. So mom, if you're watching this, you've been warned. That being said, I really appreciate Nick taking the time and here is a conversation with Nicholas Bueno. I am joined now with the man who probably has caused me to laugh more in the last six months than any other person in the city, Nicholas Bueno. Bueno, how are you today? I'm great. I do my best. And first and foremost, I think that first question I have for you is you're starting a new project, the Bueno yes. Report. What was the story behind that and getting that going? Honestly, um, so what happened was the podcast folded, unfortunately. We were planning on Winnipeg's Finest, by the way, check it out, some of the old episodes. Uh, the last part of the reason, yeah, Matt, Matt was on it. It was great, episode 99. Um, no, uh, towards the end, we we're kind of running out of steam just with the whole shtick of interviewing people around the city. Like we did over 130 episodes. And after a while, I could kind of feel I was just plugging my own jokes. Like I think I talked about like, eating cum or whatever like the, the three times in the last five episodes i'm like yeah there's no there's no way people actually want to listen to this if this is the brand that's not going to work and uh, we had planned to close it down like in the spring of 2021 we were just Kanan was dealing with burnout i want to move to toronto in 2021 so he's like man fuck it let's just end this like this is not <laughs> worth our time and i was like okay cool and then i was actually planning on cutting my social media like just dropping instagram only mm. I, I work for a social media company so i have to have instagram for work yeah but i was thinking of just like keeping my clients accounts up mm. and then like cutting mine and i got this course it's called comedy business school by scott dickers a bunch of people be like oh you can't learn how to do comedy shut up uh and i one of the things he was talking about was like what are, who are your comedy role models what do they do and what can you use from that to spur your own career. And I was like, mm. okay, well, some of my biggest influences are, I mean, like uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, obviously Tom Segura, like he's my favorite comedian and he's built like a podcast empire with his wife and then Andrew Schultz. And I was thinking like, okay, well, I just ended the podcast. I can't, I don't want to just start one now. I'll willy not. If I'm going to start a podcast, I need to actually like put time into it and I want to be proud of it. I'm not just going to mm. start one for the sake of starting one. And then I was like, well, Andrew Schultz used to do those monologues. He did 17 in the summertime and like, early spring, late summer, 17 was, they were hilarious. I loved them. I was like, why don't I just do that? I love writing. And I think it'd be something cool to kind of put in my comedy portfolio. And 
put on my resume and have to show people. And I, I really believe in my writing. Like mm -hmm. that's kind of where I think I struggle with the stand-up form of like set them up, knock them down. But I think if I can kind of like slip in digs and use like the visual uh, props per se, like the pictures and kind of the subtle jokes, that's where I thrive. And so it's been going pretty well. We released two episodes of the Bueno Report. First one was our, how do Manitobans deal with Code Red? And then the second one was to shame or not to shame, talking about the guy from Aspect Fitness. If you don't know what that is, Google search that, Aspect Fitness Winnipeg. And talking about Harry Styles wearing a dress on uh, cover of Vogue magazine and AOC asking people to take names of Trump supporters, which I thought was asinine. Yeah, that sums it up very well. And thank you, thank you. after the first episode, I know I posted on my social media, just the fact that just simply speaking in front of people takes mm -hmm. courage, but it takes a whole nother level of courage to speak about things that might be considered taboo or at least controversial. So I saluted you for that. And thank uh, you, now thank I get you. to say that to you kind of in person. I appreciate that. You know, there's with somebody with my kind of track record of having Catholic guilt and my parents being immigrants who said, just shut the fuck up and stay in line. I really must want to be hated just from like the things that I say. <laughs> I could never <laughs> shut up in school and I could never stop myself from doing something out there. If, if there was ever a project where it's like, oh, this is a big responsibility and you might get slandered for it. I, I always had something in my chest. I was like, you have to do this. If you don't do this, you're a bitch. Like you need to do this now. Like I remember in grade 11 at St. Paul's, I almost got kicked out of school for winning a speech competition. So one, kiss the ring. Two, uh, I just said the word asshole and teachers were super pissed. They were like, I was, by the way, just to toot my own horn here, cause this is necessary. I was one of the very few people who won two out of three years, grade nine and grade 11. And I was in it in grade 10. So I was a three-time finals appearance, two championships. I didn't get the three-peat. Nobody's ever done the three-peat. But anyways, I said, everybody's a bit of an asshole in a speech. And the principal was like, did you know somebody's grandmother was watching her grandson in the speech competition? She used to hear you use that foul language. I was like, bro, she's 80. If she hasn't heard the word asshole, like, I don't know what to tell you at this point. And he was like, and they almost gave me a charge slip, which would have kicked me out of school. Anyways, I'm going way too off on this. But I guess my point is like, I've always had a knack for if I think something's funny or if I think something's worth saying, there's that voice in my head is like, you need to say that now. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that might piss people off. Like, just do it anyway. Yeah. And then, like, people who are watching this know that, like, that's not my style of, yeah. of comedic timing or vocabulary of choice. Yeah. But, like, I knew wholeheartedly what was going to happen the second I had Bueno on this thing. And I would not ask him <laughs> to be anything but his authentic self. So, yeah, I, I always like, sorry, I sorry, sorry, mom, if you're watching. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Mrs. Dick. I'm not a good influence. I, I just like when I was in high school, I remember thinking to myself, like, I loved writing. So I was like, I want to be a journalist. I'm so glad I'm not a journalist or mm. like uh, working for a news station because I would do, I would try to outthink the room in some stupid way, do something dumb, <laughs> get somebody in trouble. And then they'd be like, why the fuck did you do that? I'd be like, I thought it was funny or like, I thought it was a good idea. And that's not a good excuse. So I'd get fired. Like, I remember once, my buddy this is so bad like this is not even funny but it's okay i'll just tell you so this is like three years ago my buddy was he asked me i was at like a party and i'm blurring the details so that people don't know what it is even though there's no way they could track this down but i was at a party and his grandma was there and he's like have you ever met my grandma i was like no and he's like oh and this wasn't like a house party. I just getting, you know, doing danger can with his grandma, but he was like, you know, 
do you have any questions for somebody with 106 years of life experience? <laughs> and the first thing that popped in my head, I was like, do not say that. And I said it anyway. And the first things out of my mouth were, what's menopause like? <laughs> she looked horrified. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure she did. <laughs> well, I guess I was like, I, no, like I actually want to know, like, <laughs> what's it like? And yeah, she gave me a dirty look and walked away. But that's, you know, I'm sure you know this, just in terms of basketball, when you get somebody who can get really hot in a second, there are also some stretches early in their career where they get really cold and their shot selection is not good. And you're like that you're super dumb, but then as they mature, hopefully they turn it around or they become Dion waiters and just become a folktale. That's one way of putting it. I was, I was kind of curious of what was the, the origin story of actually going out and trying to do stand-up comedy. Um, well, I mean, as you guys know, at this point, I'm an attention whore and I love making people laugh. I think there's no greater rush in the world than getting multiple people to laugh at something that you said that was original. Mm. Um, and I remember when we first started doing the podcast in 2018, we had on my buddy, Spencer Adamus. He's a comedian. He's so funny at comedy underscore man underscore Spencer. Uh, give him a follow. Great guy. And he had us in tears when we had him on. And I was like, I got to try stand up. Like I need to, I, I'm, I've always kind of wanted to do it. Like kind of i never really gave too much thought into it but when he told us like yeah you can do stand-up in the city it's super easy just sign up and go i was like yeah i need to do this and then i just fell in love with the process and there we go and there we go was it uh i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna say therapeutic in a way but like was it a, just a new stage because you'd gone from growing up as like a basketball player that's where we mm -hmm. first met each other yeah was it almost like another uh, another stage to perform on one's basketball had stopped well it's like i don't know i try not to be and like who i am as a person i i'm not like at all in terms of talking trash with basketball so if anybody thinks like i was the kind of guy i was like drawing at dudes all game no that wasn't me because i always felt like i kind of felt bad if i did it. i was like oh and no, i gotta gotta back this up that sucks <laughs> why don't i just play and then not worry about that uh but like with basketball i always loved to challenge so my parents would always get mad at me when I'd go to tryouts and like I'd guard the best kid in the gym and I'd always like hunt out the best kids and play with them. And sometimes I would get my ass kicked because I was not nearly good enough to hang with them. But my parents were like, why do you keep doing that? I'm like, because how else am I supposed to get better if I just mm. rip kids worse than me? That's uh, I hate doing it. It's boring to me. Honestly, I, I don't like doing it. They're like, yeah, but you're going to get cut from teams. I'm like, okay. And I'm going to get cut from teams regardless. I might as well go out swinging. And so like with comedy, it's this, a similar grind because it's like, there are a lot of people out there who are funnier than I am for sure. And I know that. And there's a lot of people who are doing it more than me. However, it's that same kind of like burning passion of like, when I see somebody go up on kill, it's like, yeah, I, I want to get to that level. Like I want to get to the point yeah, where yeah. I'm making people laugh like that. And I want to keep writing every day and I need to keep looking things up and I need to keep kind of pushing the boundaries of uh, what I know to be the craft and the writing process. We're, what do you think the relationship between truth and humor is? I mean, it doesn't have to be true to be funny, right? Like sometimes you could just talk bullshit and be lying and just, hmm. but then again, I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking this, but I think there needs to be a little bit of truth in it. Cause if I just said like, yeah, Matt Dick's obese, 
like and like made fun of you for being overweight that's like that's not true at all that's not funny because he's clearly not obese you know so i guess there has to be some truth in it but at the same time it doesn't need to be like i don't know i feel like i'm giving the worst answer ever there needs to be truth yeah i'll just give you that i'll, I'll cut myself off now go ahead yeah i was just i was just thinking because the 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 stuff that i laugh the most at from your stuff is some of the things that i'm thinking mm. or at least have crossed my mind but I don't feel comfortable putting them out into the world. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy that there's people like you that are willing to, to put up those thoughts into the world for thank me. You, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and that's something I've gotten that a lot. Uh, even like when I transferred high schools, a lot of people, when I first started like trying to make friends are like, wow, you say a lot of the weird shit I think about. I'm like, I and like, how do you say it? I'm like, I just don't have a filter. Like, it's not like I have this gift. I just have mm. bad social skills. Yeah, I guess that's one, that's one way to look at it. Um, another thing that, uh, I touched on in a video recently mm-hmm. was my own lack of dating success. Mm-hmm. And I've said that one of the catalysts for me trying to improve that was the fact that you had put out there that you had done like a program or you'd gone through oh, yeah. a course of, um, to improve in that area of your life. Yeah. I was wondering, what was the, what was the catalyst behind that? Or what was your thought process going into it? Like, did you think it was going to work or have you ever struck out a bunch <laughs> you're like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. Much. Yeah. Like when you just keep, sh- okay, let me put it to you like this. And then this will make sense. Cause every guy I tell I'm like, yeah, I, I got this program on how to learn how to be better with women. They always like scoff and roll their eyes. Mm-hmm. and like, Oh, I don't want to be like that guy who needs a program. Let me put it to you like this. Did you ever have like your dad tell you how to get with girls? Nope. Do you ever have an older brother to tell you how to get with girls? Nope older cousin no sir friends an older friend but the difference being is because the the context of my growing up being church-based was it 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 changes the perception of dating for someone like myself so it couldn't have been more than like one or two older guys and they don't exactly one there you go one guy and he doesn't exactly know your personality maybe as well as you want him to yeah he doesn't maybe necessarily know the game as well as you want him to he doesn't maybe have the same goals as you like let's say you're trying to look like yeah i really want to date a nice girl like i really want to build the relationship with somebody and he's like yeah i have like 50 bodies so yeah that's (laughs) those two outcomes don't line up so the advice you're getting from him do not line up so here's the analogy i'm going to give to you you're a basketball player you never go to practice you never work on your game and you suck. Is there any like curiosity as to how that happened? No, sir. No. Right. So it's like, and then here's the other analogy. And I know there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, you bought a course. Like that sounds pickup artistry. Like, and those guys are D bags, obviously like Rouge V and all those fucks. I don't know any of the other ones. I just know Rouge V because my buddy mentioned to him once on a podcast, but let's say, uh, you decide to get a trainer and you get a trainer and he's like, Oh, Matt, like, dude, you're going to have the greatest post game in the province. You are going to just like body kids down low. And you're like, that's nice, but I'm a point guard. Like I, that's nice to have, obviously mm-hmm. like that'd be great if I had a mismatch, but like you're what five eleven. like that. How often are you going to get a five, nine guy in the block? Like never. Not particularly often. Right. So he's like, Oh, you dude, you're going to have the best drop step. Like you're going to look like Hakeem. And you're like, Hey, well, but this doesn't 
line up with what I want. And if I was one of those guys who just wanted to go out and like manipulate girls into sleeping with them, which I'm not, uh, those weird pickup artistry courses would have worked. Like I would have been yeah. so happy been like, yeah, let me trick people into liking me, not even liking me, just having sex with me. Cause that's better. Uh, right. So it's like, <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. So I remember my buddy, him and I've known each other for four years now. Yeah. And when we first met, he told me about this program he took called the social man. And I was like, Oh, that kind of sounds like manipulative. I don't want to do that. And he was like, no, dude, you should read it. Trust me. It's dope. And I was like, nah. And I read it a bit and I was like, Oh no, I don't really like it. And I just never did it in like 2019. Yeah. I struck out so hard a couple times in a row, like three times in a row. I was like, yo, fuck this. Like what I'm doing is clearly not working. And I've never been somebody who's just like, got it like that with chicks. So I could just like pull up, be the most interesting person in the room. If I ever had interest from women, it was because I wasn't trying to get interest from women. I know people are like, oh, well, that's how you do it. It's like, no, but you also need to know how to close, right? Like you can't just pull up at a basketball game and be athletic. Like you need to know how to score. You need to know how to pass. You need to know how to finish around the rim. Like, oh dude, if you're athletic and longer than people, that's how you score. Like, no, that's not how you score. You, that helps that de you definitely have a, a bigger, uh, like a better advantage. Story. Yeah. An advantage than other people. Right. Oh, I'm tall. I, I have an athletic build. I'm confident. I love to make people laugh and talk. That's great. Um, there's other things that go into getting with somebody romantically, obviously, right. It's not just make them laugh at some point. You got to close the deal at some point you got to express yourself intimately at some point you yeah. need to have difficult conversations at some point you need to listen to them at some you know all these different things it's not just okay show up get them to laugh and then if you have some kind of game make out with them if you have some kind of game have sex with them because like that is uh the empty calorie dating life this is me going way too hard into basketball twitter into dating right like that's being hassan white side of dating like yeah i get rebounds and blocks and points but you're bad at the sport. Like I don't wouldn't put you on the court of my life dependent on it. Right. So when I look more into this program and I'm, my philosophy is I don't want to sleep with people that I don't like. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've been very fortunate to kind of have that strong internal compass and terrible game to not let me break away from my morals when I wanted to. It's not like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really horny this weekend. I'm going to go hook up with this chick and my game's super good so I can do that. It's like, <laughs> even if I wanted to do that, I couldn't. So I'm kind of pigeonholed into my morals, which is nice. It's not like I wanted to get with chicks and I couldn't, and I was just super mad. It's like, oh, this is good because I'm not going against my values. But at the same time, like when an opportunity strikes, I'm going to need to know how to get that down, right? Um, so yeah, I had these couple of moments that went bad and the program, basically the, the thesis of the program was you want to increase your value as a man so much that other women, other women, other women want to be around you. Mm -hmm. It's not about going out chasing and like scoring numbers and having sex with chicks. And I mean, obviously there are some things in there that I wasn't really interested in. It's like, Oh, if you want to run up your numbers, like I'm good, but it also teaches you how to like it taught you how to, you know, be more comfortable with your body and uh, how to portray uh, open body language and how to carry on conversation. Cause it's one thing to just be confident and talk and make people laugh. It's another thing to ask interesting questions. It's another thing to be charming and captivating, right? Like you can't just 
again, same thing. You can't just have a 48 inch vertical and a seven foot wingspan. And, oh, this is an NBA player. No, because you, you know, you might end up with, I don't know, who's a shitty basketball player who was long and could jump. Uh, Darius Miles there. That's a huge throwback. If anybody remembers Darius Miles, you know, you, you can't just have natural skill, right? So uh, I bought this course and it was talking, it was talking about like, igniting your and they're so cheesy the names that they use like ignite your life and ignite uh what you want to do and most of what they talked about like they talked about like who do you want to be and what do you want your life to look like and then it'd be like oh you know when you're talking with a girl and you can this is how you escalate physicality right like this is how you listen to them and uh get better answers out of them and like as nerdy as it sounds like every guy i tell this they're like oh like i don't need a program like what, what am i some loser Every woman I've told, by the way, I bought a course on how to talk better to women and be a better romantic partner and interest. They're all super interested. They're like, wow, like, what did you learn? I'm, I'm curious to know. Is that what exactly. Right. There's n I've never talked to a woman who's like, that was dumb. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I haven't met any, right? Like I'm, I find it super hard to believe that every single woman would be like, oh, that's so amazing. But the majority of them do do that, right? Like I remember after I did that course, immediately I went on a couple of days with this girl and we ended up dating for nine months. And she's like, that's super interesting. And then when we broke up, I remember getting another course and doing, uh, doing the course. I remember watching that video. And then that's how I started uh, seeing this one girl briefly after my ex and I broke up. And then I remember watching another video and then there was another opportunity that came up that is still currently going on, but I'm very mysterious about my dating life. So you didn't hear me say that. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's the same kind of thing, right? Like where I, how I compared the basketball and the comedy, it's the same kind of, it's a different grind, but the same kind of things go into it. Like if you don't try to get better and if you don't learn and if you don't apply yourself, then you can't expect to get better. It's the same thing with dating. No, I, so yeah, that you're, you being like vulnerable enough to like state that you had done that actually got me to think I'm like, oh shit, like this is something that I should probably try. Yeah. So I looked into the social man and then mm -hmm. another a mutual friend, Matt Koenig, uh, mm -hmm. found, like, I kind of found a guy that I resonated with at least a little bit. And yeah, I can, I definitely see the, the value that it's provided me at least. Oh yeah, of course. And our, it's just like, some of the things they say sound so simple, but I'm like, and I remember telling my brother some of this stuff and he's like, dude, how did you not know how to do this? It's like, cause nobody told me. He's like, mm -hmm. well, you didn't need to pay to get that. It's like, clearly I did. Cause you weren't fucking telling me. <laughs> You know I mean, it's like, if this was so easy, how come you never told me? Yeah. If it was or such common sense. Yeah. Maybe he did tell me and I just, is my brother. So I didn't want to listen. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, it's just the things that they say, or I'm like, even, you know, cause I'm, sometimes I can be a bit timid, shocking, mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to romance and they're like, Oh, if you do this, like, this is kind of bold and a little bit assertive, but like, if you do it in the right way, and if they like, if they get mad, then you just apologize. Be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't going for that. And I was like, Oh, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah who would have known who would have known and i think it just what it allows you to do is it it allows you to carry yourself with like actual confidence like you don't like it's not like they're telling you to go project this the the comments like what you yeah. said to yourself it's like you're supposed to build value yourself like you're supposed to work yes. on yourself to the point that you're project you're no longer projecting confidence you just carry yourself with with confidence yeah you're not you're, you're not posturing right you're not posturing or like have this fake bravado it's just like I like who I am and I want people to want to be excited about being in my life. Cause I want to be excited to be a part of theirs. Right. Remember, so I tried to look up bad reviews on the social man, just cause I was curious, like anything mm -hmm. I like, I want to see what people are saying about to shit on it. Just cause like, maybe there's something I'm missing. 
I looked it up and this one guy's like, this guy's a liar. He just has all these, like, he's lying to you to get with these beautiful women. There are no beautiful women in your town. I was like, okay, this guy <laughs> immediately missed the point. <laughs> There's oh, no boy. way there are no attractive women where you live. And if there aren't, move. oh, fuck, man, that sucks. Yeah, yeah that is, yeah, move. <laughs> like, that, that blows chunks if there are no attractive women where you live. Like, that seriously sucks. But he's like, oh, he just, he doesn't give you actually good tips. He didn't say anything about the program. He just made fun of the guy personally. I was like, yeah. did you, did you use it? <laughs> Anyways, but uh, yeah, no, it was great. It was great. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for it. I, I will not accept any social man slander ever. Last, uh, last thing here. Yeah, sure. You have been a voracious reader this past year. Yes. Uh, and what are you, your book 35 so far? 34. On my 34. 30. On, yeah. on 34. And this might be a tough one, but you have to pick three books that you are going to read again next year. Let me grab my list. I'm not sure if I'll read them again next year just because I have ADHD. I don't, I have no, I have no idea if I have ADHD or not. But let me, let me, let me look at my books. Okay. The three best books I've read this year. Let's go with that. Because actually I might read some of these. Again. I don't know. Okay. There's 34. I'm, my current book is uh, Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the three best books I read this year. Okay, um, I'm going to go with The Righteous Mind, Why Good People Are Divided by Politics and Religion by Jonathan Haidt. Um, I'm going to go with, oh, fuck, there's so many good ones. Fuck you for making me pick three. Um, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Uh, should I choose another height book? The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. The other ones that I was going to say were The Coddling of the American Mind by Greg Lukianoff and Jonathan Haidt. Um, the, so You've Been Publicly Shamed by John Ronson is fucking incredible. Uh, and then I was going to say I Used to Be a Miserable Fuck, but that's about a book about how to be a good man. So I'm not sure if I would recommend that to everybody. But if you are a man, read I Used to Be a Miserable Fuck by John Kim. That is amazing. And on that note... Like I said at the beginning of this, I am very much appreciative of you for being your authentic self and for not delete, deciding to delete your social media and <laughs> Thank you. being able to continue to share that with all of us who happen to follow you. Of course. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you listening to me. It means the world. Very, very good. Have a great rest of the night, sir.